Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course that's why you're a story jumper clever cub is a curious little bear who loves to cuddle up with the bible and learn about god on a starry night Mama Bear and Clever Cub imagine what it would have been like to welcome baby Jesus to the world. Enjoy this reading of Clever Cub Welcomes Baby Jesus by Bob Hartman. Clever Cub Welcomes Baby Jesus I love looking up at the stars, Clever Cub said. And what are your favorite star pictures? Mama Bear asked. The Big Bear and the Little Bear. Clever Cub traced the pictures in the sky. Just like us. Would you like to hear a story about a starry night? Mama asked. Yes. Clever Cub cuddled up with his mama. There were fields under the stars, Mama Bear began, and sheep grazing in those fields. I like sheep, said Clever Cub. They're soft and fluffy and woolly. And they always look so peaceful, added Mama Bear. Unless there's a wolf around, Clever Cub said. He gave a little howl like a lonely wolf. That's why shepherds stayed in the fields too, explained Mama Bear. They watched over the sheep and made sure the wolves didn't eat them. Those shepherds weren't afraid of anything, roared Clever Cub. Hmm, they could handle wolves, but angels were another thing. Angels? Clever Cub's eyes got big. Well, one angel at first, said Mama Bear. But when he appeared out of nowhere, bright and white on that starry night... The shepherds were shocked. They shook and shivered with fear. Don't be afraid, the angel told them, for I have come to bring you good news, and everyone will be happy when they hear it. What was the news? Clever Cub asked. I'm getting to that part, Mama Bear smiled at her curious cub. God had promised long ago to send someone special to save his people. And God always keeps his promises, Clever Cub said. Indeed he does, Mama agreed. And so the angel told the shepherds, Tonight, not far from here, a special savior has been born. You will find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger in Bethlehem, the city of David. David? Wasn't he a shepherd boy too? Clever Cub asked. He thought he remembered a story about that. Exactly, Mama Bear said. You really are a clever cub. 
Now, before the shepherds could go find the Savior, that first angel was joined by more angels, too many angels to count. The bright and shiny angels chased every bit of darkness from the sky. And then all together, like a great big giant choir, they sang and they celebrated. What did they sing? Clever Cub asked. Praise to God who reigns on high and peace to all on earth below, Mama said. But what did the song sound like? The very curious bear wondered. No one knows, said Mama Bear, but we can sing it to the tune of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Shall we try? Yes, Clever Cub loved to sing. And so they did. And you can try too. Praise to God who reigns on high and peace to all on earth below. Mama Bear went on with her story. The shepherds said, God has sent his angel to tell us this amazing thing. Guess we'd better go to Bethlehem and see for ourselves. So off they went, not walking, not skipping, but running as fast as their shepherd legs would carry them. And when they arrived, what did they find? Baby Jesus, shouted Clever Cub, lying in a manger. But, yes, Mama Bear waited. What is a manger? Clever Cub asked, scratching his nose. It's a place for animal food, like hay. Mama chuckled at Clever Cub's surprised look. Baby Jesus was born in a place where the animals were kept. It was the only place that the baby's mother, Mary, and her husband, Joseph, could find to stay. What, what kinds of animals were there? asked Clever Cub. The Bible doesn't say, Mama Bear replied but probably everyday farm animals, like woolly sheep and silly goats and gentle cows and noisy donkeys, Clever Cub guessed. Hee-haw! Shh, Mama Bear said with a smile. Baby Jesus might be sleeping. Were there any bears? whispered Clever Cub. Probably not, Mama Bear whispered back. But you can imagine what it might have been like to be there in the warm, cozy room with the sheep and the shepherds and all the animals, everyone welcoming baby Jesus. I think it would sound mooey and baa oh, and wah when baby Jesus woke up, and maybe a little stinky, too, Clever Cub wrinkled up his nose. I imagine it would have been amazing, Mama Bear said to be there when God's own son was born. Mama Bear said, that's how the shepherds felt, amazed. They left the little family and told everyone what they had heard and seen, and everyone was amazed with them. Then off the shepherds went, back to their sheep, with that angel song in their heads. Can we sing it again? asked Clever Cub. So they did. Mama Bear and Clever Cub together. Praise to God who reigns on high, and peace to all on earth below. Hey, Story Jumpers! You won't believe who I've got joining us today. It's Bob Hartman, the author of the entire Clever Cub series, 
and this story, Clever Cub welcomes baby Jesus. Hey, Bob, welcome back to Story Jumpers. Oh, thanks very much. It's great to be here. Well, we always love it when you get to visit because you live so far away. Yes, um, I live in England, uh, which is, you know, a lovely place to be. Yeah. That for any story jumpers who don't have a map or a globe in front of them is, well, if you live in the United States, it's on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean and they have kings and queens there and um, it's an island all to itself. Right. And it's a, just it's a magical, wonderful place. It is a beautiful place in which to live. And of course, story jumpers might know that very sadly, our queen passed away not long ago. And so we now have a king, King Charles III. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like history being made right before your eyes, which it is sad that, you know, she passed away. But she was uh, a great queen who did a lot of great things for folks and lived for a long time and saw a lot of history. She did. And one of the really remarkable things about her was the strength of her faith. She really did trust God. She believed in God. And she made that very clear um, to the people that she spoke to, and particularly at Christmas when she delivered her annual Christmas speech. Well, that's really neat. I wonder if you can find that online anywhere on YouTube. Maybe people can look up her Christmas speeches. Oh, yeah. Loads of her Christmas speeches are on, on YouTube. Yeah, you shouldn't have any trouble finding those. Very cool. So she's sort of like the mother of the country, like Clever Cub's mom is to him. Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. And um, like Clever Cub's mom kind of passed good lessons on to him and tried to be the best example. I think she tried to do the same thing when she was alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed this story. Of course, you know, uh, this episode will release around Christmas. And Christmas is a whole holiday that we've built up surrounding one crucial event to our faith as Christians, and that was the birth of baby Jesus in the nativity. And so in this book, you explore that and help Clever Cub discover what happened in the nativity. Um, Why did you choose that particular Bible story or that particular event to share through the Clever Cub series? Well, in telling the Christmas story, we could have used a number of different Bible passages. We could have talked about the angel appearing to Mary. We could have talked about the wise men or the trip that Mary and Joseph took from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. But I felt that since Clever Cub sort of lives out in the wilderness, it was best to tell a story that started there. So as he and his mom are looking up in the sky and talking about which constellations they like, it's just nice to then talk about what happened the night that the angels appeared to the shepherds and to tell the Bible story, to tell the Christmas story from that point. You know, I have been out and seen some incredible views at night of beautiful stars when there's no clouds, when things are clear and the stars are bright. And that alone is beautiful and magnificent. It reminds you that God has created all of this and he keeps it all in control. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be a shepherd in the middle of a field and then all these heavenly angels come out to declare the arrival of Jesus. It would have been just amazing. Yeah, I, I think even more amazing than, than we can imagine, you know? Um, as you say, in the first place, they would have seen the stars much more clearly than we do because there wouldn't have been the lights of big cities to get in the way. But beyond that, to have that stillness and that darkness then interrupted by something that they never expected 
that just blew them away must have been incredible. Well, I love Christmas. It's one of my favorite holidays. And of course, it it has built up over the years to have all kinds of different traditions and things. Um, but everything that we do in my family, whether it's going to church on Christmas Eve or um, participating in the Christmas service uh, when we were children and now our children participate, um, or the different readings during the Advent season, all of it, at least in our house, points back to the arrival of Jesus and this hope that, you know, he's here as our Savior. Um, And so for you, what are some of your favorite memories from Christmas, either when you were growing up or memories that you have now, some things that you enjoy about Christmas? I think it does center around family and faith, doesn't it? Uh, I know that when we were teenagers, we would uh, go off on Christmas Eve to sing carols to a local old folks home. And that was always something that we looked forward to. Um, It wasn't a chore. Uh, It was just something really special that we could do to celebrate our faith and also to kind of help somebody else. As far as family traditions went, my dad always tried to do something a little different for Christmas. He was a very creative guy. So in addition to the train set, under the tree, and um, some really cool old cars that uh, his dad had passed on to him and that he actually ended up passing on to me. Uh, he would do unusual things. So one year, he got, he got a Christmas tree, <laughs> and, and he cut it, like, down the middle, lengthwise. So there was, like, you had two halves of a Christmas tree, basically, and he mounted one half on the wall, uh, inside the house, uh, above the train set and everything. And then he mounted the other half on the door outside the house. Uh, he took off the screen door, obviously, because it didn't shut anymore. And uh, he decorated them both. And that was his way of sort of <laughs> celebrating Christmas inside and out. That's pretty wild. That must have been really funny to see. That's it crazy. <laughs> It was, it was crazy, you know. He's got this saw, and of course, it's not that easy to cut a tree down the middle that way. No. But he made it work. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. You know, um, mentioning that you're living in the United Kingdom, but you grew up in the United States, you've gotten to experience Christmas in both locations. Um, what are some interesting or unique differences between the two countries and the way that we celebrate Christmas? I think part of it has to do with uh, what we eat. We would tend to associate turkey and stuffing and all that kind of stuff with Thanksgiving, whereas that's pretty much what British people will eat for Christmas. And so they will often say to me, well, you know, do you eat two Christmas meals? And I'm like, well, no. I mean, yeah, we have Thanksgiving with the turkey, but sometimes, you know, people in America will eat something else for Christmas. They wouldn't necessarily have turkey. They might, but they won't necessarily go ahead and do that. Um, (laughs) we obviously have sweet potatoes or yams, you know, that have a lot of sugar in them and marshmallows on top. And, um, British people are on the whole kind of just horrified by that idea. (laughs) I I was, oh, honestly, the, well, the idea of mixing something that's savory with something that's sweet, it's just, they don't do that. So I I was in a local cafe the other week and one of the serving girls said to me, do you really do that? Do you really you know, put marshmallows on top of sweet potatoes. And I said, yeah. And she said, so that's like a pudding. That's like a dessert, right? I said, no, no, we have that with the stuffing and the turkey and everything else. And she was like, ew. So the food, 
is really is really quite different. The other thing we have is Boxing Day. I mean, in the United States, you have Christmas Day, and and that's it. But in the UK, we have the day after Christmas, which is called Boxing Day. So uh, in our case, you know, sometimes we spend Christmas with our daughter and, and her family, and then Boxing Day on our own, or sometimes we swap around because, of course, she's she's got her husband's family to spend the day with as well. And uh, Boxing Day, I think, originally came about because um, servants apparently unboxed their presents um, the day after having worked, having had to work very hard, you know, for their um, for their masters. Wow, that's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Plus, it's another holiday, so I'm I'm all on board. Oh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> nobody in the England goes back to work. I mean, unless you're in a like an emergency sort of a business, uh-huh. you know, you're a nurse or whatever. But but nobody goes back to their job the day after Christmas, you know, because that's Boxing Day. That's another holiday. Yeah, it's interesting to think about where traditions come from, and of course, Christmas, like we said, as a whole, is a tradition. Uh, to where the church recognizes the birth of Christ. And so we start there and like the angel on top of the tree, it's representative of the angels that came to the shepherds and, um, and other symbols, other things that we use to remind ourselves Um, the advent candles at church. A lot of times they are uh, tied to certain scriptures or certain things that we want to remember about joy and love and hope and, and the coming um, of Jesus to earth. What do you think, are there some traditions that you know of um, that we adopt in the United States that came from England? Yeah, I think it's pretty much the case that the modern Christmas as we understand it today, you know, the trees, the decorating the trees, and even what we decorate them with, um, came originally from Victorian England. So um, Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert, had come from Germany. He brought some of those traditions along with him. Uh, and they became a part of British Christmas because obviously people wanted to follow and do what the Queen did. Mm. And then when Charles Dickens wrote the Christmas Carol, you know, there were certain things that happened in that story that we've kind of uh, adopted and have kind of become a part of our Christmas as well. Um, and in our country, interestingly, Washington Irving, uh, yeah. you know, this Legend of Sleepy Hollow guy, uh, was also partly responsible for introducing uh, the kind of the modern Christmas, even some of the notions of Santa Claus that um, we now understand today. So yeah, it's kind of come from lots of different places. Um, it didn't just kind of erupt here. I mean, we put our own spin on it, but uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of it comes from England. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So um, what are some ways right now that Clever Cub is reaching uh, kids around the country? Where where is Clever Cub popping up that you've noticed over the last couple of years? Well, I've got a friend who is the religious education director for the Diocese of Blackburn, which is in the north of England. And uh, she has taken the Clever Cub stories and worked them into her curriculum so that children in schools in that particular diocese are learning about Jesus through the stories of Clever Cub. Of course, over there, because we have a state church, um, you're not only allowed to tell Bible stories in schools, in most cases, you're pretty much required to tell at least some. So she's managed to weave those in in such a way that, yeah, uh, thousands and thousands of kids are learning more about Jesus through Clever Cub. That's wonderful. That's really great. Mm. Well, I know that we're happy to share Clever Cub and all his ex- explorations and things. Um, you know, and this is just the second story that we've enjoyed from you and that we have shared with Story Jumpers. But there's a whole series of books. Um, out of those, what do you think might be your personal favorite Clever Cub story? 
Ooh, that's a tricky one because, you know, it's like you kind of love all the stories that you tend to write. Um, I'm liking some of the later ones, actually, because you know how it is. At first, you kind of have a character and you have an idea of what that character's like. But then the more you work with the character, the more the character grows. Mm. So Clever Cub has taken on... Um, He's not just clever cub anymore. He's kind of cheeky club, <laughs> cheeky cub. <laughs> you know, he's cheeky club, cheeky cub. He's, you know, he's got a bit of an attitude sometimes, and and I think it's that attitude that actually makes the stories that bit more interesting. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, he's got a friend in one of them. You know, he doesn't want him to play with his pine cone, and you know, Papa Bear's like, well, what do you think? He's going to break the pine cone? No, but he might break the pine cone. If he breaks the pine cone, I won't have the pine cone anymore, and I'm not going to let him play with it. It's that kind of thing, you know. So he's got, so he's got Skippy Squirrel. That's who's going to break the pine cone. He's got Fred Bunny, and then um, <laughs> the Stinky family has moved into town, uh, and they're all the skunks. So you know, <laughs> his mom tells him off for calling them Stinky. He says that's their last name. They're the Stinkies. You know, so it's getting more fun the more I actually spend time with uh, with Clever Cub. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. That sounds cool. In this book, um, Clever Cub's mama introduces him to a song and um can you tell us a bit about that song how it came about or where did you find it you know what is that song well it's always tricky when you when you take the song that the angels sing to uh to the shepherds it's always tricky to find a way to make it kind of kid friendly so what i thought i would do was take it and slightly re rewrite it so that it fit to the tune of twinkle twinkle little star so you've got a familiar tune that has to do with stars, which they were looking at at the beginning of the story anyway. And then it kind of encapsulates and holds the, the message of the thing the angels sang. So it's, it goes, uh, praise to God who, praise to God who reigns on high and peace to men on earth below. It's just a very simple thing like that. But I thought it might be a memorable sort of way of uh, uh, a passing that particular bit of the story on the kids. Yeah, well, it is. That's neat. You took actual Bible verses and you worked them into a song that's familiar, you know, a tune mm. that's familiar. I bet if some kids had favorite verses, they could do that themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they Absolutely. could share that with friends. It would be easier to remember the verses. That's really clever. That's really clever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it fits. Well, Bob, thanks so much for sharing another of Clever Cub's adventures with us. I hope that you'll come back and share more as you discover more about Clever Cub and the things that, that he finds out in the world, um, you know, where God is showing himself and teaching Clever Cub how to live well. I'd be thrilled to do that. Thanks. All right, Bob. Well, Merry Christmas to you and Clever Cub. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Parents. Clever Cub Welcomes Baby Jesus is an engaging picture book. Your little ones will join Clever Cub and Mama Bear as they imagine what it would be like to welcome Baby Jesus to the world. This picture book tells the story of Jesus' birth from Luke 2. The Clever Cub Bible series, available from David C. Cook, is geared to children 3 to 6 years old. The delightful and affordable 16-book series of Bible story picture books makes reading time a faith-building adventure as Clever Cub reminds kids of their part in God's story. Bob Hartman is a performance storyteller and the author of the YouVersion Bible app for kids' Bible stories that have been downloaded 75 million times. His long list of children's titles 
have sold over a million copies, including the Lion Storyteller Bible, which has been printed in 11 different languages. Learn more about Clever Cub Books when you visit Bob Hartman's website at davidccook.org slash clever-cub-books.